Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello and welcome to a Tuesday episode of the State of the Nova Nation. I'm Eugene Rapay. He's Chris Danziel. Chris, you know what doesn't get old? What? Beating the Georgetown Hoyas. That never gets old. No, it doesn't. It's always great. The only slight disappointment was we didn't do it in the 85 jerseys, but that's okay. Still did it. Big time beat down. Offense looks back on track. Everything's looking up again. Oh, everything is looking up again. I was a little surprised that they didn't bring out the 85 because we all know ever since they debuted it, it's just Mm -hmm. been like a staple for Georgetown beatdowns. Yes, 100%. That's the ultimate troll move. I love it. Nothing better than rubbing salt into that wound because you know they're still hurting about it. Patrick Ewing is still definitely hurting about it. And not only that, they look great. They're the best. They're the best alternatives out there. They are. They certainly are. Oh, yeah, and I forgot about Ewing. Yeah, that's true. So it's even more it's even more of a troll move to do it now. But missed opportunity, but hey, still got him on the court. It's all good. And not only that, the Cats have moved up in the polls. They are now sitting at 14 in the AP poll. Just looking at it, we got Gonzaga still at number one. Baylor, who Nova lost to earlier in the year, it's looking like a good loss because they're now number two. Duke's number three. Auburn's number four. Butler is in the top five. Some other notable ones in the Big East. Seton Hall has joined the party at 18, and Creighton is now sneaking in there at number 25. What sticks out to you about this week's poll and rankings and uh, any other observations you have? Kind of touched on a few of them. but So Baylor's number two right now. They have 31 first-place votes compared to Gonzaga's 30. So that's, that's pretty impressive right there. Um, obviously, like you said, it's a good loss, I guess. Props to them. I think they went into Kansas and beat them for the first time ever or something along those lines. So great job by Baylor. And Butler at five, still hanging in there tough. Seeing Hall made its uh, reappearance in the polls at number 18. And like you said, Creighton back at 25. So it looks like a Big East party in the polls this week. Also, just one thing I want to point out, or two things I want to point out. Virginia's out. Reigning national champs are now out of the rankings and they've They've taken a hard fall from grace right now. They are still receiving votes, but they are no longer ranked. And Ohio State has had an absolutely brutal stretch right now. And that loss might not be looking all that great right now for Villanova. They're down to 21st, and they've had a four-game losing streak, which consists of two losses to ranked teams in West Virginia and Maryland. And they also lost to Wisconsin and Indiana, too. Indiana, not a good loss at all. So they've kind of fallen off a bit, but that's all I got from the polls. Yeah, I'm expecting Ohio State to turn it back on at some point, but this recent stretch is a little alarming. As always, we're now at the point where anything that we can use to boost the resume, 
great. So we're going to need Ohio State to pick it up a little bit. We're going to need them to pick it up. <laughs> yeah, we'll be rooting for our enemies for sure. To a certain degree, not not all yeah, the way. Just right. just as long as it benefits the the net rankings, all that yeah, picture all that. later on in the year. Yeah, that's that's true. But then again, then again, the Baylor beating Kansas, I don't know, it's like a double-edged sword. It's like, okay, now you really it's apparent that Baylor is a really good team, so you lost to a really good team, but now your loss against your win against Kansas isn't as impressive. Yeah, but you already know how Kansas is. They can lose five more games and they'll be like, "Oh, Two C. <laughs> Two C, move them up 10 spots in the polls. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Fair enough. You already know the committee is just rooting for Gonzaga to fall. That way they don't have to give them a, a number one seed. They're like, oh, they beat uh, West Coast Community College. Oh, oh all uh-huh. right. <laughs> yeah, and if they do get the one seed, you already know they have their plot, uh, their region of death already plotted out. <laughs> oh, Duke, Duke is the eight seed. Oh, that's gonna tick oh. off Coach K. Yeah, <laughs> perfect, just for them. Great revenge narrative. <laughs> Ohio State just tanks the rest of the year, and then they have the one in the Big Ten. Throw them as their sixteen. No, <laughs> <laughs> just because, just, just because it's Gonzaga. <laughs> always one. It's always one one seed that gets screwed, and it's usually the the non-major conference team oh but, yeah 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 not a long way for that though still a long ways out yes yes let's go back and relish in this victory on saturday so let me tell you i had to watch this on tape delay and the best part of it was because i was in the middle of nowhere this past weekend in upstate new york i had barely any twitter i had no service on my phone i couldn't receive texts or anything had little to no Wi-Fi. It was worse than dial-up speed. So because of this, I didn't get any spoilers. The only thing I knew was Villanova won, but I didn't know how they won. I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know how the game looked like. Didn't get to see the box score because I tried to load it, and nothing would pop out there. Apologies to anyone who's from Lock, Sheldrake, New York, but totally don't recommend never stopping there. There is not much there, not much self-service, not much Wi-Fi or internet. So it was just me, my thoughts, and a lot of wrestling because that's what I had to cover this weekend. Don't know why they couldn't pick, like, I don't know, Albany or, like, a a major city to host this really big Northeast tournament. But there I was. And because there's a lot of downtime in wrestling, I thought that I'd be able to stream the game at the 12 o'clock matinee time slot because at that point they were just doing some consolation rounds. So I thought I could keep some tabs on multiple things. Fortunately, I couldn't even get to Google if I tried. So I watched this game. On Sunday, once I was back in civilization, back home, and what a game. What a game. Big win for the Cats, winning 80-66. to As we said earlier, beating Georgetown never gets old. And also watching Sadiq Bey decimate the kids out there never gets old. Huge game by the big boy, sophomore, with 33 points, a scorching 8-of-10 three-point shooting performance. 10 of 15 overall. He was just lights out in that game. Jeremiah Robinson Earl also had 14 points, seven boards. Colin Gillespie with 11 points, four boards, five assists. Then on the Georgetown side, they had a couple of different guys in double figures, but the key guys like Mac McClung wasn't that dangerous. He only had eight points on three of 15 shooting. Omar Yurtsevin was relegated to just a 10.7 rebound performance. Jamarco Pickett, had 12 points. Terrell Allen also had 10 points and six assists. And the cutest Wahab coming off the bench, supplying a team high 13 points, six of seven shooting, 
and four rebounds. Chris, what a performance. And what a performance by the guy that you shouted out as someone that you thought was going to have a big game, Sadiq Bey. Two games in a row now. Chris has identified the player of the game going in. What do you have to say about the way that Mr. Bay played on Saturday? You said it before, but there's only so many words that can describe this performance by him. It, it was just fantastic. I mean, the fact that he did it from beyond the arc, I think, is probably the most impressive part. Because, you know, Sidney Bay can shoot. He can shoot. But he's not the notorious three-point shooter on this team. The fact that he went 8 of 10 and then dominated pretty much elsewhere. Great defensive effort, too, all around. Led by him. It was just a fantastic 100% perfect performance. There's nothing to complain about. When was like the last time you remember a guy going off like this for Villanova? Like, I, I can't think of like one specific game off the top of my head, but this is certainly up there in top, tops of regular season individual performances. Definitely from the individual side, Sadiq Bey, the leader of the pack. You kind of hinted at it before, JRE. We, I kind of said last episode that he hasn't been exactly the best offensively, but he's still kind of giving you a good defensive and effort and on the boards. This time kind of came out of a shell a little bit, 6 of 11 from the field for 14. Colin even followed up his pretty good game. Didn't take as many shots as I thought he would have. Only took seven total, but was able to hit two of three from deep. So, you know, to get these guys going and keeping a consistent performance is uh, pretty impressive. Uh, one nitpick, though, on Villanova's end, Justin Moore, another little bit of another down game. One of seven from the field, one of four from deep. Hoping he can probably get back into the swing of things a bit. It seems like he's kind of cooled off uh, significantly since his really hot start. But I, I know I've, he's a freshman. He'll work through the kinks. And, you know, it's the Big East uh, Conference. The first few games of that, I'm sure once we get into the full swing of things, he'll be fine. Um, and then as a team, overall, defensively, I think they did a damn good job. I know uh, Georgetown shot 44% from the field. Uh, 31% from beyond the arc. Not that great. They held McClung in check all the game. You're at seven, 10 points, seven boards. But like I said last episode, if you kind of keep him in check like that, if you can let him get his few points, whatever, and just kind of control the rest of the team, they'll be in perfect shape. And that's exactly what they did. So also, I just want to point out one thing, another great second half performance. So even though we were kind of complaining about them not being a second half team this year, the past few games suggested otherwise. 40, outscoring Georgetown 41 to 30 in the second half and only giving up 30 points in the second half uh, compared to the 36 in the first half. So it seems like the second half adjustments are really coming to fruition now for Villanova. And just on the defensive end, I, I can't stress it enough how great it's been. Yeah, going into the half, it was a little close there, just a three point lead for Nova going into the break. But then they really pulled away in the second half. Like you said, just the offense was excellent, the shooting was great. The defensive effort also picked up, lowered that Georgetown shooting percentage a little bit in the second half, and especially shut them down from the three-point line. I know that Georgetown isn't exactly the greatest three-point shooting team, but you you still have to pay attention on that end of the court, and they never really let Javon Blair, who was one of their better three-point shooters, go off. They didn't let Jamarco Pickett really have that great of a day. Yeah, he had 12 points, but was rather inefficient. Mac McClung wasn't really hitting anything. Chris, Sadiq Bey, mm-hmm. I'll say that it was probably the best individual performance we've seen this season so far. I'm sure if you look back, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I feel like Phil Booth definitely had a huge put-the-team-on-my-back type of game last year. Eric Pascal probably did. The year before that, I mean, you could look at Jalen or Bridges. And then mm-hmm. going back before that, Josh Hart had a couple real nice ones. But Sadiq Bey, is it time? To put him in the NBA conversation after a game like that? No, not yet. 
Come well, on. I want him to. I want him to, but the Villanova fan of me says no, not yet. <laughs> we, got, we got a little bit. We got a little bit. Is that is this a game that maybe gets a little bit more uh, scouts' attention? Probably, but like if this performance was in the tournament against any opponent, I it will it would carry much more weight. I don't think the scouts are going to be all. They will be impressed by this performance, but I don't know if it's going to put them uh, put City Bay on their big board or shoot them up their big board all that much on a uh, January mid January game against a not so formidable opponent. But I don't know. I, maybe that's just me just wanting him to stay another year. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. At least you're honest. At least you're honest. Yeah. It's 100% that. It, he, this is definitely going to get him NBA big boards for sure. Not that he wasn't already there, but people are going to start paying attention now. Yeah, he'll get a little more eyes coming this way, especially as they're trying to observe Robinson Earl. They're, the scouts who are likely at this game were like, oh, oh, okay. All right, Sadiq Bay, sophomore. All right, all right. This other guy. <laughs> What? Yeah, that's how it always works. It's always like they, they come to see another guy, and it's like, oh, wow, look at this gym that hopefully no one else knows about. Yeah, my uh, my favorite story is uh, Aaron Rodgers when he was at Butte Community College. Uh, Cal's coach went to go scout a game for the tight end that was playing for Butte, and then they ended up finding Rodgers. Like, oh, he's got to be kind of good. And then they gave him a scholarship and the rest of the system. You know whatever happened to that tight end? Uh, no, he actually became not. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> There we go. There we go. That's that's unfortunate, but name of the game sometimes. That's that's, that's how it goes, I guess. But not not saying that you know Jeremiah Robinson Earl is the no name tight end, and he's basically going to become the Aaron Rodgers of the NBA. But no, that's Mac McClung. That's Mac McClung. No. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. <laughs> Casual three for fifteen performance with everyone in the building. And it's funny that we were telling people we we weren't sure of the state of the offense. Was it just a blip? Was it just a a little recent trend? Was it just a little slump? Not really indicative of, is this a red flag or not? I think we got our answer. Because even if you take away... Wait, what? Temporarily, anyway, yes. Yes, but if you take away Sadiq Bey's 8 of 10 from the three-point line, if you look at the rest of the team, they shot 7 of 19, which is not a bad clip at all from the three-point line. And we got to see Gillespie hit 2 of 3, Samuels hit 2 of 4, Swider 2 of 7, not too great. Overall, the team shooting was much improved from what we were seeing. We're like sitting at the point was where it was like, are they sleeping in the streets? How do they get out of there? What happens now? And of course, after an episode discussing whether we should be worried or whether we should just be patient, here they are coming back with a big boy game as a team. Highlighted, of course, by Sadiq Bey. But overall, the shooting was pretty solid. Yeah, that's what we were saying last time. The shots are going to fall eventually. If you take this many threes, they're going to fall. And you're going to get games like this where there's certain guys that are just going to hit everything in creation. And there's going to be other games like the past few where nobody can hit the broad side of a barn. But you'll take these games for those other games uh, where you're not hitting anything. But if you have a good defense, (laughs) you will more than certainly win those games that you're not hitting everything so when you do start to hit everything it just makes it all that much easier to win and to play a complete game yeah exactly and you know when we went through those individual percentages we were like all right these guys are better than what the numbers have been so far it's just a matter Mm -hmm. of when these shots will start hitting because for the most part the looks haven't been too bad yeah you know you had your little moments or little runs here and there where they were forcing up things but overall the six times seven times out of ten 
wide open like that, they would hit that. They would hit those kinds of shots. But it was good to see Villanova overall get back on track because you, you'd like to see the shots fall. Nothing helps your confidence more than shooting and making those shots. And as we saw, Sadiq Bey, he just fed off the momentum he was creating. That guy was a one-man army, followed with a lot of other solid performances by his teammates out there. And it was good to see, especially good to see, because, yeah, you know, Villanova's, like, cool and all when they dial up the pace or all the athleticism, the quickness. But it's like, ah, good three-point shooting. Always, Mm -hmm. always down for that. Always down for that. It feels natural. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Yes. It, it's you know I'm fine with winning ugly and grinding out defensive efforts, but you always want to see a nice little splashdown uh, game like this, and it's fun. <laughs> it's fun when they're on. Yes, exactly. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over two million vehicles and fifty thousand more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. All right, so with the win, Nova is now 12-3 and overall, 3-1 and in Big East play. They're going to prepare for a game tonight against the DePaul Blue Demons still staying at home. Chris, we've yeah. had nothing but respect for the Blue Demons this year. Nothing but respect. Right. But this year, it's looking like all that noise about DePaul hasn't really come into fruition yet because they've been winless in Big East play so far. They're 12-4 mm-hmm. and overall, 0-3 in Big East play. They've been competitive. They've been right there. I thought that they were there against Seton Hall, just kind of remembered, oh, yeah, we're DePaul, and kind of choked away at the end there, but they hung on. And then against Providence, they had a tough one-point loss. And then against St. John's on the road, they lost by seven. Still pretty competitive. Now, as much as I like DePaul, and as much as I hate seeing this skid here, and as much as I like seeing Pontelis, Zidius go crazy on the sideline, Mm -hmm. I don't want them to beat Villanova. I don't want to be their first Big East win. I'm sure you don't want that either. No, of course not. What can we expect from these Blue Demons? We got a couple of new guys in the picture, but they've really stepped up to the plate so far, and they've done a pretty good job, I'd say, this season. They certainly have, and we'll highlight these few guys here. Charlie Moore, he's their leading scorer, 15.8 points per game, shooting 39% from the field, 31 from beyond the arc, and about 80% from the free throw line. So not, a bad, not exactly the most efficient scorer, um, he also leads the team in assists with just nearly seven. I should also mention that. But he's your do-it-all guy. It, that offense goes through him. Most of the games that DePaul has played so far, he's been the leading scorer. So watch out for him. He's going to be the big boy to watch out for. I, I'm trying to forget. Who's – oh, Max Struess, right. I completely forgot his name. Max Struess is no longer on the team, so it looks like Charlie Moore has kind of filled into that role. Next guy I want to highlight is Paul Reed, averaging a double-double on the year. He's his point, Points-wise, he's 15.4, so just a tad under what Moore's been – uh, contributing, but he's averaging 11 boards a game. That is by far the most on the Blue Demons roster right now, and he's shooting at a pretty high percentage clip as a forward, 53% and 80% from the free throw line. So even if you want to foul him, I think he's probably going to hit most of his shots. Uh, third guy I want to highlight is Jalen Coleman-Lands. He is their sharpshooter. Uh, he's averaging 11.4 points per game. His average from beyond the arc isn't that impressive. It's 33%. 
but he does take the most threes on the ball by a pretty wide margin with 105 so far compared to Charlie Moore, who's in second with 86, and he's in on 35 of them. So that's that's your 33% right there. So I can see this, if this is a close game, I can see it coming down to Jalen Coleman, Lansing, and a big three uh, to keep the ball in it. Last guy I want to highlight is Jalen Butts, forward, averaging 11 points per game, six boards per game. So kind of that secondary option to read on the, in terms of the boards, uh, 64% from the field. And he is not exactly the best free throw shooter with only 45% from the free throw line. So uh, if you want to foul him, please do, if it ever comes down to that. Hopefully it doesn't. As a team, uh, schedule-wise, they've beaten some good teams so far. Iowa, which is receiving votes right now. They've beaten Minnesota. They've beaten Texas Tech, who were the runner-ups last year. I think Creighton beat them, too. And then, as you were mentioned before, you kind of ran through the Big East gauntlet so far. All games have been pretty close. So you could chalk that up to either just not executing late or just some bad luck. It seems like that Seton Hall-Providence games they really should have had, especially at home, but it just wasn't meant to be. And I think that's just the way the Paul is. Like, just some, some programs are just cursed, and <laughs> it just sucks to see because I believe actually are at the Paul podcast secretly. And Kempon-wise, Coming in at 67th overall, 113th on offense, 53rd on defense, and 69th. And it's so nice, 69th uh, in tempo. So it would be interesting to see what Jay Wright does with the, the tempo because it seems like every team Villanova plays now is high, high tempo. But that's the skinny on them. Yeah, I also just want to add Romeo Weems. He's their, one of their prized freshmen coming into the season, a four-star recruit, which – Hasn't happened much for DePaul, but this is one of their big fishes on the recruiting scenes. And so far in his freshman season, he's done pretty solid. Not too good, not crazy numbers, but respectable and exactly what you need a freshman to do behind a lot of the really good veterans out there like Moore, Reed, Coleman, Lance. He's got 7.8 points per game, 4.7 boards. He's a pretty good shooter. He's pretty smart, knows when to take his. He can drive inside, mostly good at slashing, but he can take and make the three when needed and when left open I gotta shout him out and then Charlie Moore I know you featured him as the leading scorer I'll say that he's been working out a lot better than I thought he would he was just one of those Kansas guys who kind of got left out and left out of this rotation rode the pine decided to transfer out and he's been working really well so far at DePaul working out really well definitely the guy to watch for no Max Schroes no Eli Kane Eli Kane finally graduated and this is a Nepal team that I'm expecting them to give Nova a little bit of a tough time. Last year, we saw a near upset bid by the Blue Demons at home. Luckily, Nova was able to survive that one. And I think this year, I don't think they're going to surprise Nova. I think maybe last year they could have. But this year, everyone seems to see that Nepal is actually going to be pretty tough. They've been close in the Big East games. They got some pretty solid non-con wins. Like you said, Chris, some teams are just cursed. And I think Nepal might actually just be one of them because they were right there in all those games until turnovers, dumb shots, bad execution down the stretch just kind of bit them in the butt. I saw that especially in the Seton Hall game. These guys are turnover prone. They cough the ball up in over 20% of their possessions, which is good for 240th in the country. Not exactly that great. Not a great three-point shooting team. Not a great free-throw shooting team. Defense has been pretty solid, and that's kind of been their MO. But if you're coughing the ball up, that's going to be a big problem, especially against a Villanova team that is good at punishing their opponents for their mistakes. Chris, what's your prediction for this game? What do you think is going to happen? And uh, who are you going to shout out now? Can we make it three in a row where Chris blesses 
his prediction <laughs> for player of the game. About time I can do something good. Um, how do I feel about this? I feel good about this because it is at home. I agree with you. If this is a, a team that could give Nova problems, I just don't see it happening at Villanova. If this was at DePaul, I actually would be fearing a loss here. I, I know it's not like the uber home court advantage that you usually see in college basketball with DePaul, but I, I just going on the road against them, against a team like this, where they've been in those close games so far, I think they'd eventually they'd get one. But right now, with this game, Villanova wins by 10. By 10. Pretty solid. Pretty solid. Yeah. I think they – I'd say it's maybe kind of like last year, maybe a little bit – not in the sense that they'll go down big, but they'll, it'll be close, and then they hit some free throws at the end. I said. Yeah, I think it'll be one of those where it's kind of close in the beginning, and then Nova just pulls away. I'm going to – give me another Baker's dozen. 13. Going with lucky number 13. I think Nova wins by that. And I'm going to shout out Jermaine Samuels. It's time to get him going. It's time to get him going again. And I well, think we're going to – well, yep. Oh, I was going to say, well, does that mean DePaul is now considered a big game? For big game Jermaine, he has to show up. He only shows up for big games. You know? Oh, 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 yes, yes, yes. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> DePaul is not there yet. No. <laughs> okay. So you're, you're highlighting Jermaine for this one? Yeah, I'm highlighting Jermaine Samuels for this one. I think that this would be a good one for him to get going again, especially with, you know, Sadiq Bey, obviously with that huge game, I wouldn't be surprised if he is now shot up to the top of DePaul's scouting report. So a lot of focus is going to be on him, and I feel like this will be one for big game Jermaine to take over. I'm going to highlight Justin Moore. I'm going oh, Justin baby. Moore. Yeah, I know. I just I said it before uh, when we were highlighting the Captain Georgetown game. He hasn't had he hasn't exactly been that all that great. But you know who's a great team to bust out of a slump of guests? The Paul. So that's why I'm going with them with him. All right, there you have it. The game will be on tonight at 8 30 p.m. at the pavilion. If you're not gonna make it there, it's gonna be on Fox Sports One. I'll be watching. No no lackluster service, no missing Wi-Fi, no dial-up. So I think we're good. Back in civilization, I'll be watching that game on time as planned. And I will be as well, and I haven't left civilization, so I'm glad you, you can rejoin the package. Oh, man, it was it was tough. I, I thought it was in, like, <laughs> especially the hotel I was staying at, I thought it was in, like, 1985, Bates Motel. Yeah, yeah I was, I was going to say, like, what a perfect way to celebrate the Villanova-Georgetown game by making yourself live like you're in 1985. <laughs> yes. Perfect way. Yes. Back to the future style. Yes. <laughs> well, it's that time of the day where we stop what we're doing, pop open the mailbag, and answer the questions that you, the listeners, have out there for us. As always, you can tweet us at SONNPOD, and we'll answer your questions. Feel free to ask us anything, and we'll talk about it just like this. Chris, first question is from our guy, Jerry Quinn. And a sincerest apologies once again to Jerry Quinn. We are in the market now for a new mailman because this is the second time now that we miss this guy and his questions. The first two, they were kind of related to the Georgetown game, so we pretty much answered that. But this one is not. He wants to know, are you both maxing out on your IRA and 401k contributions for 2019? Chris, you're the money man. You're the business boy, the Bartley <laughs> yeah. boy. Uh, yeah. how, how are your IRA and 401k looking? Yeah, that, that I am. I am a business guy. Um, they're all right. For three years out of school, I think I'm doing okay. Uh, what, what about you? Uh, how's the sports writer benefits treating you? 
Um, it was so I was good with my old job, but then when I saw that Jerry asked this, I was like, "Wait a second! I, I better be enrolled for this for my since I took this new job in September." And so far, so good. So far, so good. But he did have me scared for a second. I was like, "Wait a second! I'm pretty sure I I'm contributing a good amount. Signed up for it. Blah blah blah." But I just had to double check just in case because I wasn't 100 percent sure. So I was glad that Jerry asked this question. Actually. Glad they're treating the sports writers well still. That's, that makes me happy. It's that USA Today Network, baby. They hold it down. <laughs> they hold it down. Yeah, they are a big name, so I, I, guess, I guess they do take care of their own. And we seem to be doing better than Sports Illustrated. Rest in peace. Ooh, RIP in peace to them. I saw, though, that they were unionizing. Good for them. It seems like whoever is the new management or whoever is taking control, they have no idea what's going on. I don't, I don't even think they know sports. I think they were just like, oh, big name. Let's acquire <laughs> Yeah, so probably probably something along those lines. It, the, the one thing Sports Illustrated has failed at miserably is the the website. Like I I know all I know is that it's like notorious for every time you go on there, there's just like a billion ads that just automatically play. It's just awful. Huh. I've not been on the website in a while, so I'll oh, check that out. I, I I just remember that. I just know that's like a thing. It's like a meme of some sort. I don't know. Jerry, we'll make sure that we'll get your questions on a more timely manner next time. But thank you again for shouting us out with some questions. This next pair is from Matt Belson. He wants to know, who will be the biggest challenger to Villanova for Big e- for the Big East crown? Chris, mm. who's going to be the biggest challenge? I, I still say Seton Hall at this point in the game. I know we were kind of ragging on them, especially after they lost the Rutgers, but it looks like they kind of righted the ship a bit. And they have Miles Powell. And with Miles Powell, anything is possible, it seems. So I still think they're number two when it comes to Villanova's uh, potential regular season conference championship aspirations. Yeah, we weren't very high on them. And after a little turbulence in the non-consulate, it looked like we were heading towards the right direction in terms of our prediction. But now it, it does look like they have actually righted the ship and that they've gotten themselves together. So I, I think it is going to be them, and it looks like they're actually going to finish in the top two. Just whether it'll be gold or silver, we don't know which one the Pirates will take. But I think my prediction of outside the top three, my bold prediction of outside the top three, might not actually happen. It's looking like they're actually going to be pretty tough. Well, would love for that to happen, but I guess it's just not the met, meant to be. And if we got this question asked to us what was it, like a week ago, two weeks ago, I probably would even – I might have flirted with the idea of saying Marquette after the way they beat down Villanova. But then now Marquette has just crapped their pants again. So they're a lost cause. What about DePaul? They win tonight. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, man? It could start, spark something. Yeah, you already know DePaul's looking to spoil one contender. That's just, that's just all they want to do, just spoil one guy. Hey. We got to just mention one other team just so we don't get yelled at. What about number five in the nation, Butler? <laughs> well, oh. I feel like we're, we're pretty dismissive of, of them right now. But oh, yeah, no, that's a, that's, a, that's a very excellent point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can already picture people yelling at us as we say Seton Hall in our earlier answers. But I, I guess if you, I guess we should put Butler in there too. I mean, they, I yeah, know. they are top five and they've been the most consistent. Right. They they have been, and I don't want to be the guy to like 
rag on them and say like they're really not top five material and I think they are like they're definitely an excellent team I just want to see I want to go a little bit into deeper into conference play before making the full-blown judgment on them that's that's all if we can go into Hinkle and escape with a win I will be a happy camper yeah I I 100% agree I mean we Villanova loses the Butler when in years that they shouldn't lose the Butler so God knows what's going to happen this year yeah, and it's also easy to gravitate towards Seton Hall, like the, the animosity, or I shouldn't say animosity because it really is a generational thing, but I would say that our generation most coincides the word like villain or challenger with Seton Hall, so I think that's why we naturally go that way. Yeah, I think uh, I think we just hate them. So Yeah, you're right. We just hate them so much it just automatically just comes out of our mouth when we talk about potential yeah, challengers. I do love Miles Powell, though. I know you do. I don't. <laughs> that's okay. That's that's the whole point of the generational thing, Eugene. That's the generational hatred. It's fine. I'm sure one day I'll look back and appreciate him, but not today. And the last question from Mr. Belson is, which Villanova Wildcat would be great for a karaoke duet? Huh. Ooh. Chris, okay. if, we, if we looked, let's do one past and one present. Okay, that I can deal with. I could see Phil Booth being a karaoke killer. I could see him. I could see him being really into it. I could see that too. My pick would be Daryl in the past category. I think Daryl would want that mic on a karaoke night. He's naturally in front of the mic always, so it just makes right. sense. I think. Why don't we just put them together? Screw the screw the current team. <laughs> 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 put Phil and Daryl out there. But yeah, current wise. Who would you pick off the current team? Justin Moore. No, I don't know. I don't know. Because that guy always has like the death stares that it's like yeah. this guy has to have like a fun side to him. <laughs> There's just no way he's just killer Justin Moore all the time. You would think. You would think. I, I think, God, current team. I think Demir Cosby Roundtree would be a good karaoke guy. I don't think anyone in the starting five would be. Maybe Sadiq Bay? Maybe. He's, he seems a little goofy, but I, I would have to go with – I'd have to go DCR. Huh. That's a, that's a pretty good one. That's a, I can yeah. see him, you know, hitting you with a nice, deep voice. Yeah, it would be great. You know who else I could see killing it? Mikhail Bridges. I could see him liking that. Isn't, yeah, him. Him, Phil. Oh, God, that would be – Yeah, yeah that's, that's good. That would, that would be a great combo right there. I was going to say Jalen because I feel like – I don't know. I feel like on a karaoke night, he might not be his robotic self. I think that might be the one where, like, one of those switches gets turned off. He did that 94 feet thing with Jay Billis mm-hmm. where they walk the length of the court, and while he's doing that, he's just hitting with rapid-fire questions. Yes. And I, one I, of the questions was, what's your go-to karaoke song? And he said, Breaking Free by Troy and Gabriella from High School Musical, which, Rachel. excellent choice by Jalen, but that's not robot. Robot Jalen would never answer that in a million years. No, no. I guess they forgot to do that wiring when they created them in a lab. So, yeah, I, I, I guess, honestly, the whole 17-18 team with maybe a few stragglers from the 16-17 team, that would, that would just make the perfect karaoke squad. I can see a lot of those guys being pretty good at karaoke. Yeah, I, I think the whole team would be. Maybe that's what they had. Maybe they had karaoke nights. Maybe that's why they won the national championship, Eugene. <laughs> they sung their way to the title. They bonded as a team. Yeah, that was their team chemistry, team bonding activity, karaoke <laughs> at rodeo. <laughs> Where was that place again? Was that Conkahawken? No, I think that was technically Upper Darby, I want to say. Oh, great. 
we're gonna have, we're gonna have to call in Henry Oyang or Amit Shah, the specialist, yeah. <laughs> the karaoke specialist. Yeah. So, oh, good good free plug for rodeo, I guess, if that place still exists. Yeah, if they're still open. I don't know. Apparently, we ruined their twenty two year business, but that's another story for another time. Off yeah. wax. <laughs> yes, big time off wax story. <laughs> Maybe for a live show one day, but not today. <laughs> no, no, no. Some good questions, though. Some good questions. Great, great. I don't know who Matt Belson is, but he has some good questions. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening to the State of the Nova Nation. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the pod. You could do so at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Megaphone. You have many, many options. Please check back on the site at View Hoops. Check back often. Check back always. Check back every day. We always got the content pumping over there. Please follow VU Hoops on social media. You can do so at VU Hoops. That's good for Twitter and Instagram. Like our page on Facebook. I don't think I've plugged that ever, but we need to plug that more. Like our page on Facebook. And you can follow me, Eugene Repay, at eRepay5. Chris? Yeah, ad space is still open, and I'm, I'm not going to plug anything until someone pays me. So uh, follow Eugene, follow the pod, follow VU Hoops. And there you have it. There mm. you have it. Yeah, I'm still waiting. Nova Nation, have a good Tuesday. Let's beat some blue demons, and let's keep it rolling in Big East play. Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the game tonight. Go Cats.